What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hi, guys. This is Angelisa Chandler, Biblical Counselor and Care Ministry Associate here at New Vision Baptist Church. I am back today to continue in our study through the book of Mark, and today we will read through Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. Um, As this goes, if this is your first time with us, we will read the scripture in its entirety, and then I'll break that down for you to hopefully give you some things to take away from the passage today. All right, we'll be reading from the NIV starting in Mark chapter 13, verse 1. As he was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings? replied Jesus. Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will the signs be that they are about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. So if you've been following along in our study here, you will realize that we are really close to the climax of the gospel story. So we have seen him do many miracles and his teachings, and we are at a point of Jesus's ministry that has kind of come to a head. The uh, Pharisees um, and many people are now starting to question him. They're starting to really just not like the authority he's showing and um, the way that he's teaching. So we're coming up and getting really close to the point where they're going to make a plan to murder him. So picking up in chapter 13, we begin with the disciples actually leaving the temple. And as they leave the temple, they just look back And they're just in awe of this beautiful structure. So they say, wow, teacher, look at this massive structure. Look at this magnificent building. Now, what was so great about it? Well, this temple was in Jerusalem, and it was one of the marvels of the ancient world. It was originally rebuilt by Ezra, but then ultimately remodeled by King Herod. So as we know from Jewish historians, um, they say that the temple was actually covered in gold plates 
um, so that it was brilliant that even when the sun hit it, you couldn't really even look at it because the building was so bright that it would blind you. This building also had some of the greatest stones ever known to man. They measured about 47 feet long, eight feet high, and 12 feet thick. Um, this was surreal, and archaeologists even today still wonder at how they're able to get those stones in place because they were so large, even the equipment that we have today would never be able to move these stones. So it was just a magnificent mystery how this beautiful building was put up. Well, interesting enough, as you keep reading, Jesus doesn't really marvel at this structure because if you can tell, if you had a structure that marvelous in the middle of your town, um, how easy would that be to become an idol for the people? These people looked to the temple and it actually uh, became a more significant idol to them, even above God himself. Like they valued this temple so much. So when the disciples mentioned the, the magnification of this beautiful temple, Jesus replied to them that, you know, look at this building. And even in just a little while, not even one stone will be left. They'll all be overthrown, telling them that it's not going to last forever, that this is an earthly creation that's not going to last forever, that you guys are missing out on what's truly glorious. And what do we know about this? So this is a prophecy, right? Because it hasn't happened yet. So they're telling, he's telling the disciples something that will happen. Um, and what we know about um, this in history is that it took Herod 80 or more than actually 80 years to build this temple. But after it was completed, it was only seven years after it that it was destroyed. So we do know that this came true. Matter of fact, about 40 years after Jesus said this, Rome came in. And as the Jews fled from the Romans, they went and hid in this temple because they thought, man, this is a great place to hide because it's this beautiful, strong, magnificent building. So they hid inside of this temple. But when the Romans came, they destroyed everything. They started, started shooting fire on the temple and that fire melted the gold that surrounded the temple and actually cremated the Jews that were inside. Not only that, this gold actually, when it melted, it started to creep in the middle of all these giant stones that the Romans did not want to leave without the gold, of course. So they started overturning every stone just to get the gold, which was a total fulfillment of this prophecy that God gave them. But going back to the scriptures, so we read on in verse 3, um, you know, that, that now this prophecy really brought two questions to some of the disciples that they really wanted to ask Jesus about. So they came to him in private and they just asked him these questions and they said, hey, Jesus, like how, when are these things going to happen and how will we know? Because here's the thing, it, it almost seemed impossible for this structure to be destroyed, but because they knew Jesus could only tell the truth, they just wanted to understand and know more about it. So Jesus continues on and starts talking to them. And interesting enough, he doesn't really answer their question in the next few verses. This is what he does. He starts to warn them about upcoming events that's going to happen when he actually um, leaves the earth. So he starts talking about people who will deceive them, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes and famines and a whole bunch of things that sound really scary and, and really crazy. But this is what he tells them. He says, you know, these things are going to happen, but these are not the signs. 
these things just have to happen. This is just something that's going to have to happen. It's part of the plan. It's part of the fall of creation. And these things are going to happen. Matter of fact, we know if we continue reading on in Mark, which we'll read very soon, that it starts with the persecution and the, the, the killing of Jesus himself, right? So then it's all going to cascade from there. So he's warning the disciples of this to come. Matter of fact, he tells them, hey, these catastrophes are going to happen, but these do not signal the end times. They are literally just the beginning of these sorrows. He uses an example of birth pains. He's saying, hey, these are just kind of the early birth pains, which points to and indicates the idea of birthing a new world that is to come later. So... This is what he tells us about these events. He says, hey, these aren't the signs, but these are some things that will happen before the signs come. He says, first, there will be persecution. This must happen. But even through persecution, that you will still need to preach the gospel to all the nations. What does that mean? He's saying, hey, I know that persecution is going to happen. This is going to happen. But this does not give you an excuse to stop sharing the gospel, even when the church is being persecuted, even when Christians are getting judged. He said, never stop sharing the gospel. That's a great word for us today because, man, if we think about these early birth pains, aren't we feeling these right now? He calls things like false prophets, people who are going to deceive and trick us. We live in a world where there are so many people of the world that are so loud, television, news reporters, even teachers and politicians that are lying not only to us but to our children and feeding lies um, about our own identity and who we are. So this is happening today, right? We think about wars. How many homes are being destroyed just from wars within the home with husbands and wives um, divorce and, and children and parents. Um, I see this time after time that families are just at war with each other. We see this even in our world in itself and, and all the things we've been dealing with with racism and, and just separation and people just are really being divided, which are all happening now. We even look at the earth. Jesus tells us earthquakes, famines and the like. I mean, we've just had... Um, COVID, a great pandemic, and we're watching um, floods and, and so many hurricanes and things that happen over time. And all of these things are just going to happen. So we're seeing these today, but he's saying to us, which is awesome. If you read in verse 11, he says, whenever, he doesn't say if, he doesn't say this might not happen. He says, whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, Do not worry beforehand because he's telling us we will be persecuted. We will go through these struggles, but we don't have to worry because Jesus is in control. He is bigger than any of these giants that we're going to face in this lifetime. He is bigger than these false prophets. He is bigger than the wars that we face every day. He is bigger than the famines and the earthquakes and these birth pains that we feel in life. He says, trust me because I'm in control. Matter of fact, he tells us, I will tell you what to say. You don't even have to worry because I got you. So that's a really, really um, very comforting thing he tells his disciples, right? He's saying all these really scary things, but he reminds them, don't worry. And that's what 
we need to hear today as well. But then as we keep reading, he goes into this um, idea of brothers will betray brothers and father and child and children will rebel. And we think about this and a lot of times we underestimate this warning. You know, some of us are saying, oh, well, we're not persecuted like that um, in America, but actually there are many that are. You think about, um, you know, people who may come from a Jewish background family. If they follow Christ, they might be called blasphemers and might be rejected from their families. Or what if they grow up in maybe a Muslim home? They might even be killed for following Jesus. And even just unbelieving homes that just don't believe that the Bible is real and they may think it's fairy tales, if someone in their household follows the Lord, they may think it's all silly and and just they might reject them. So there are many people today feeling this rejection from people they love the most. So this is real and rejection is real. But this is what he says at the end of these verses that we read today. In verse 13, he says, All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. So what is he saying? He's saying endure till the end. He's telling us don't compromise even when we feel rejected by men, by people, but instead endure. So how do we endure? Well, first we need to take this warning and we need to take heed from it and not be surprised. When we're not surprised by the hate that we get from others, when we're not surprised by the wars in our life and by the earthquakes just in our own households and um, the things that go on, we should not be surprised. We can be warned and know that Jesus is still in control and that these things will have to happen. But he's promising that these are birth pains to a new world. So that just gives us hope, right? When we start to feel these things, we got to lean into that hope. Which brings me to number two on how do we endure? We need to lean on Jesus. He says, don't worry because I will help you. So he's going to help you. So we got to lean into Jesus. What does that mean? We can't worry or, or take things on in our own strength. And we can't start to try and do things in our own way. But we can surrender to Jesus and allow him to work through us. And that's going to bring us peace in these hard times. And lastly, we need to take it seriously. Our commission to go and share the gospel, even through hardships and trials, we cannot stop sharing. So how do we endure in this crazy world? We need to be warned, lean on Jesus, and continue to share the gospel. In the next section, Jesus will actually teach us that there are signs, and he's going to tell his disciples what those signs are. So definitely tune in tomorrow as we continue this discussion. But I hope this gives you encouragement today to know that if you're going through a hard time, if you're just feeling like the weight of the world is on you, that you can lean in on Jesus. Because unfortunately, we are warned that these things are going to happen and we don't have to be surprised. But Jesus will help you. I hope this is encouragement and I hope you guys have a great day. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.